Welcome back to Vet to Vet Coaching. I'm your host, Dr. Ginger Templeton, and this is episode number two. I am very excited to be offering a new program called Spark. It is weekly group coaching available for veterinary team members. I firmly believe that everyone deserves access to an objective, highly trained, knowledgeable coach. But let's face it, one-to-one coaching can be expensive. And group coaching not only is affordable, but it provides a unique benefit. What is group coaching? You're going to come into a Zoom call, you may submit a question, and may be picked to be coached in front of the group. You don't have to be coached in front of the group, and that's where the unique second benefit comes in. By listening to others get coached through their problems, you are going to learn how to apply these tools to your own concerns. And because this is a group of veterinary team members, you are going to hear issues that you are facing. You are going to hear issues that your team is facing. This is going to be highly relevant to your day-to-day. So for $67 a month, you can get group coaching on a weekly basis and have access to me via email for quick questions and the tools that I teach. If you want to sign up, go to my website, drdrgingertempleton, that's drgingertempleton.com. If you're not sure if this is right for you, just send me an email. We'll talk through it. Ginger at vetdevetcoaching.com. Don't delay. Spark is going to be an amazing program. It's going to change the lives of veterinary team members. I want to see you there. I have to tell you, I have probably 15 to 20 episodes recorded. And I started this podcast like I start a lot of things with a lot of naivety. I am a podcast junkie and I listen to a lot of sort of normal people who created podcasts. And I thought, you know, I can do this. I love to write. I love public speaking. How hard can it be? And I bought a microphone and I got to work. And I felt pretty good about it at first when I started recording. And I'll walk and listen to myself, listen to the recordings. It sounded pretty good in the beginning. And then the more I listened and the closer I got to actually publishing some of these podcasts, the more the perfectionism set in. And, you know, in this podcast, we're going to talk about perfectionism, not today, but in the future. But I will say that it has been a little bit of a learning curve, not just with the actual mechanics of podcasting and editing and all of that, but also all the things that I'm going to talk to you about, about standards and perfectionism and, you know, being kind to yourself, self-compassion. And so the first episode, which some of you have listened to, was an introduction to me. And there are some themes in that podcast that make me cringe. And in fact, my husband listened to it at work or on his lunch break at work and texted me, hey, I have some feedback on your podcast. I'm not kidding. The silence was deafening because, of course, like any good husband, he did not give me the feedback right away. He just let me stew and simmer in that silence. It turned out he had feedback on the sound and he is a great, great and helpful and supportive husband. And he went out and bought a screen to hopefully help with some of the sound issues that we're having. 
because we do have a pretty good microphone. At any rate, I decided to leave that episode up rather than re-recording it because we're talking about perfectionism, among other things, and I want this to be an example of, of how you can approach whatever it is that you're passionate about. You know, I'm passionate about being here for you, for the veterinarian, for the busy clinician, but I'm not perfect, and I don't want to present myself as some person who has it all figured out, and here I am telling you how to do it. I'm in the weeds with you, both as a practitioner and also in this new endeavor of podcasting and coaching and the human support side. So I'm not perfect and neither is my podcast, but I hope you'll keep listening. In today's episode, we are talking about Dr. Dan Siegel's concept, the healthy mind platter. And this is a very basic concept for mental health and wellness, but I want to start with some basics because as I talk to veterinarians, I realize we're all on different levels in terms of self-care. Some of you are very focused on this issue. You're really working hard to take care of yourselves. And you may even know some of the research, some of the data out there about mindfulness, about the role of physical activity in mental health and wellness. But some of you are brand new to this. I was having lunch with a couple of veterinarians who I have a great deal of respect for, and I mentioned Brene Brown, who, you know, I just think everybody's heard of her, and they didn't know who she was. And again, they're just not in this space. They're busy clinicians, and they're not reading all the books and listening to all the podcasts and aware of all of the people out there who are trying to make us better and healthier and happier. And so I am going to cover some basics, but we'll quickly get into some more advanced topics and some topics that are more appropriate to veterinarians. I also realize that some of you listening are not in the veterinary industry, and I'm thrilled by that. I do think that this podcast can benefit anyone who is interested in self-improvement, who is driven, who is working hard. So maybe you're starting a business, maybe you're in a different form of medical practice, I do think that the topics covered here will relate to you. You'll just have to, you know, extrapolate a little bit to, you know, especially with the homework uh, to your line of work or to your interests. So the Healthy Mind Platter, again, really basic, but I think it forms the foundation of where we need to start so that we can really grow and thrive. And I think that Dr. Siegel summed this up in such a nice succinct but thorough way as well. So Dr. Dan Siegel, if you've not heard of him, his website is drdansiegel.com, S-I-E-G-E-L. He is a neuropsychiatrist on faculty at UCLA School of Medicine. I believe he was Harvard trained. He is pretty well known. He's written a lot of books on mental health and attachment and uh, a number of different things. If you've heard of the whole brain child, if you're a parent, that is, that's him. So the Healthy Mind Platter, you can find the link on his website. The idea is to sort of mirror complement what was once the food pyramid. I actually remember when it was the food groups. And I think now they're calling it Choose My Plate, the USDA's Choose My Plate option. And so the idea is that if you you know, choose from various foods throughout the day, you will ultimately achieve a healthy diet. And Dr. Siegel said, hey, we should be doing this with mental health. There are 
activities or actions, behaviors that we can choose from throughout the day, that if we incorporate them in small or large quantities, we will be healthier. The data shows us that these are the aspects of life that need to be met. And so there's seven sampling, seven items on the Healthy Mind Platter. The first one is, he calls it time in. And you can think of this as mindfulness or meditation. So mindfulness-based stress reduction has gained a lot of attention in the last decade or so. And in the 70s, research really began into this area. And we now know mindfulness practice, whether you call that meditation or yoga or breathing, is very effective in helping us manage our mood and our mental health. For some of you, if you've never meditated, it does still sound touchy-feely, woo out there. But if you practice and if you realize that you don't have to go to a meditation class, you don't have to spend 45 minutes on the floor in an uncomfortable position, you could start with three-minute meditations. You can download an app. I highly recommend the Insight Timer app and I will list that in the show notes and on the website. There are probably 10 other apps that are wonderful. Headspace is another one. I like Headspace if you've never meditated because it does walk you through baby steps and they have these pretty effective, pretty informative um, animations that cover meditating, but again, in a very, very accessible way. And so, again, how do we incorporate this as busy practitioners? I have meditated on my lunch break, but what I would really encourage you to do is arrive to work and sit in the parking lot and do your meditation literally before you walk in the door. Three minutes, five minutes, whatever you feel you can sustain. The reason for this is that awareness of breath, that focusing inward, or as Dan Siegel calls it, time in, can really help you reset. And you know, when you walk in the door, you're probably going to be hit with five different emergencies, whether they're medical or business related. And if you can go in there from a state of calm, from a state of self-awareness, you're going to do so much better that day. So again, Insight Timer is the app that I like, especially if you have a little bit of experience with meditating, because they have tens of thousands of guided options music, all different things to choose from, and you can really find what resonates. However, Headspace, um, the 10% Happier podcast, there's also a 10% app. There are a lot of different things, and you can do free trials with most of these. With Insight Timer, they just have a free option, and there are plenty of meditations in the free option. So check those out. So again, the Healthy Mind Platter, seven topics. The first one is time in. The second one is downtime. And I'm going to tell you for me, this is, it sounds really easy, right? Downtime, you just sit around and don't do anything. Well, for me, it's pretty tricky. And I bet that's true for a lot of you. I bet a lot of you are buffering instead of having downtime. And what I mean by that is you're doing an activity when you could be relaxing and you're saying that you're relaxing, but you're doing the activity to avoid being bored to avoid being uncomfortable. And that activity might be eating. It might be having a glass of wine or over drinking. It might be scrolling on your phone. It might be binge watching Netflix. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with any of those things 
in small portion, but I hear a lot of people who feel a little guilty about how much Netflix they binge, or they feel a little guilty about that second glass of wine that they had three or four nights in a row. So if you are buffering away this time, I want you to make yourself sit uncomfortably and just let your mind wander. And again, it's tough to do, especially if you're driven, busy, stressed, and high achieving. And I know most of you listening fit all of those criteria. So again, sort of like with your time in, your downtime doesn't have to be an hour or two hours. It can be five minutes, especially when you're just getting started. And I think that downtime is a nice compliment to time in at the end of the day. So you arrive to work, you do five minutes of meditation, you leave work, you get home. Before you do anything, you just let your mind go for five, ten minutes. And you may need to do that in the car. If you have little kids, you may need that transition time before you go into full-on mom mode or full-on dad mode. So we've covered time in, we've covered downtime. The next category is sleep. And I am going to dedicate an entire podcast to sleep. Sleep is near and dear to my heart. I suffered for literally decades with insomnia. I started in probably high school, you know, pulling these late nights of studying and not realizing how important sleep was. I don't think we knew as a culture, as a society, that sleep was so important back when I was in high school all those many years ago. And then in college, I wore my ability to go without sleep as a badge of honor. So I would pull all-nighters before an exam, which, you know, is the worst way to assimilate information. But, you know, that's what we did. And I was so proud of that. And then grad school, with grad school, I was a little more balanced in terms of studying and in terms of the research that I was doing. But we partied. The grad students would get together Friday night, Saturday night. We would stay out or out of friends so late. And sleep was just kind of erratic. It was all over the place. Then vet school was no better. Um, I did pull some all-nighters in vet school. And then I had my children. And as I said last week, I started my family um, during vet school. So the summer after second year, I had my daughter, Lindsay. And I was already prior to that working an on-call OR job. And so, you know, that sort of affected my sleep. Then the baby came. She didn't sleep well. Then in fourth year, you know, we were on call, of course, and I was pregnant again. And then um, I started my career. And a year into my career, Lindsay was diagnosed with cancer. And I'll talk about that more in future episodes, but suffice it to say, cancer robbed my ability to sleep. We lived in the hospital. We spent 159 nights inpatient with some breaks in there, but that's a lot of nights to sleep on a hospital couch. And to be hypervigilant, watching your child's pulse ox, watching your child's, um, you know, blood pressure as the nurse comes in to take it at two in the morning. And sleep just was lost to me. So it went from bad to worse. And then there was the post-traumatic or post-medical anxiety that we experienced. And so about four or five years ago, I really started to work on my sleep. I did a little bit of research and I just incrementally implemented all of the steps that I could find that might help me sleep short of prescription medications and also short of over-the-counter sleep aids. And I eventually got my ability to sleep back. 
which I didn't really think was going to be possible. So I will spend an episode on that for sure. Suffice it to say, though, if you aren't sleeping well, it's an area to to focus on. And the first place I would start is looking at your caffeine and alcohol intake. And I'm not going to go any more into that in this episode, but please consider that those things may be playing a role in your poor sleep. All right, so we talked about time in or meditation. We talked about downtime. We talked about sleep. The next category is connecting time. And because we work in fairly extroverted um, jobs as veterinarians, you probably connect on some level with a lot of people throughout the day. But I do want you, as much as you can, to try to carve out true connecting time outside of work. And that might be connecting with other people. Dr. Siegel also includes connecting with nature as an option for this category. And I think that that's really important for us because we are spending so much time with our clients, with our staff, that you may need just to connect with the trees. Now, this is not physical activity. You could incorporate the two together, I suppose, but I think going for that walk at lunchtime, again, doesn't have to be long, 10, 15 minutes, and just breathing in the fresh air, noticing the trees, noticing the birds, noticing the sky, that can be a form of very meaningful connection for your brain. And it is something that you could do, you know, every other day on your lunch break and still have the time to incorporate some of these other modalities. The other thing that I will say about connecting time, because of what we do, I have a theory that many of us as veterinarians don't spend the amount of time with our pets once we start practicing as we did before we went to vet school. I think that we went into this career because we cared about animals, maybe because we cared about people. Some of us were naive and thought we wouldn't have to deal with people in this line of work, but hopefully, uh, you know, you like people, but you really chose this career because you, in some capacity, wanted to help animals. And you probably had pets that you really enjoyed spending time with when you were younger. And if you're not doing that, let that be your connecting time. You go home from work. Again, this is easier if you don't have kids, but you walk in the door, you sit down on the floor, and you pet your dog. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, your pet will thank you. Your blood pressure will thank you. The data on that, we all know it, right? We know that time with our animals is absolutely beneficial to our health, especially if we're really focused group. You know, if we're distracted, we're looking at our phone, we're kind of scratching our dog's head on the side, well, I'm not sure that that's so beneficial. But if you're really giving that time over to connection, then it can be very important. So connecting time again, connect with people, connect with nature, or connect with your pets. So we've talked about time in, downtime, sleep, connecting time, and then there's physical time. And I am not going to spend much on this because I think we all know the data and we all know the struggle. Exercise makes you feel better. I'll say it again. Exercise (laughs) makes you feel better. I ran marathons. I was a runner for years and I'll admit lately I've had a hard time finding uh, the energy to do anything other than going out for walks um, or doing yoga but I will say when I was running my mental health was better it was just objectively it was better and it wasn't a solution it wasn't going to take away all problems and if you deal with anxiety or you deal with depression it, you know it's not a cure-all it's not a panacea but it's certainly a lovely compliment I would exercise on my lunch break. So this was before I started my house call practice. I was working full-time in a busy hospital, 
we would close for two hours over lunch and that was both lunchtime and catch-up time and I became absolutely um, insistent that I got at least 45 minutes to an hour to get out of the building and to run and we didn't have a shower I would shower in the sink it was not pretty but it, it worked and sometimes my face was red and sometimes you know for all the hair drying my hair still looked a little damp but I was a better practitioner in the afternoon than I would have been otherwise and so you can do this uh, you know I don't know what your specific schedule is but I think for most of us if we're working 10 11 12 hour days if you're putting exercise off until the end of the day unless you're already established with that you're probably not going to do it so try for the morning try for lunchtime three or four days a week you don't need to set yourself up for failure you don't need to say I'm going to exercise two hours every day seven days in a row just a little bit a brisk walk three days a week over your lunch break 30 minutes okay so the next category is super fun it's playtime and I say super fun and I feel a lot of you across the airwaves cringing at me and it's it's the same way that I felt so we're not that great at playing right we're serious we're veterinarians we are doctors and play is sort of beaten out of us you know kids are supposed to play and adults are not that's not really true with our species just like dogs as adults we still play and I think that this is why the human dog bond is such a strong and beneficial one because we're both playful species as adults so Dr. Siegel includes playtime in this healthy mind platter and I am gonna bet for some of you this is gonna be the toughest one because you have to actually feel like you're playing and letting go and getting back into that sort of silly but also creative free-flowing space is a challenge so start small like with all of the other categories but what I would suggest if you have pets that's a great place to start you're playful um, you're not as self-conscious when you're playing with your pets so get down on the floor throw the ball you know give a cat get the feather toy out if you have kids that is a great opportunity for play but it can be hard for some of us as parents so I will say when my kids were little they wanted to do a lot of imaginative play which is great uh, developmentally and yeah I had a hard time playing with them come on mommy let's play Harry Potter oh you know I wasn't so great at, at being Hermione I would much prefer to be a house elf and just do the chores and so it, you try to play with your kids and to lose yourself in the play because that's what they're doing they're losing themselves into that world of play and in doing so they practice a lot of grown-up skills for us losing ourselves into play allows us a break away from the grown-up world and it really can help us reset our feelings and reset our brain so playing with your kids playing with your pets if neither of those is a good option there are a lot of board game groups popping up in communities so board games are experiencing a very much deserved resurgence sort of as a backlash to all of the screen time and if you go on meetup.com for example you might find some groups in your area where they're getting together on a regular basis for board games or tabletop games this can be great both for connecting and for play now sometimes when I'm playing board games I get a little bit too competitive and it almost turns into work so watch yourself if you're like me but what I do sometimes is when I'm playing uh, board games or even card games with my kids I'll set a challenge to um, lose so 
I'll say to myself, I don't say it out loud, I'm going to try to lose this game. It just shifts things. And I can laugh a little bit easier. I can see the silliness that this is just a game and I don't have to win. Now, don't get me wrong. Plenty of times I try to win. And if we're playing Risk, I absolutely try to win. And that is definitely work. But for most games with my kids, really, you know, let's just have some fun. So change the rules in your head. Play by your own rules. And you may find that games can feel a little less intense if you're competitive guiding it. Okay, the very last category, and I did save the best for last, is focus time. Focus time is referring to time where you're deep in thought or deep in work. And to me, this is probably the most important thing that is general practice veterinarians were missing. You know, I would imagine in a specialty, especially if you're working in an academic setting and you're preparing lectures and you're doing research, that this focus time is naturally incorporated into your daily routine. If that's the case, if you're listening from that place, then I would encourage you to focus on the other six components of the Healthy Mind Platter. But if you want to focus on focus time, then do it outside of work. Do a focused activity that is not veterinary related. And in fact, for those of you practitioners who are not achieving focus time during your day-to-day with work because you're so busy putting out the fires that clinicians put out throughout the day, I still would encourage you to think about this outside of work. Picking something that you're interested in that's not closely related to either veterinary medicine or at least to your area of practice. Dr. Cal Newport has written a book called Deep Work. I'm going to spend an entire episode on the concept of focus time and deep work. I really believe that this type of intellectual pursuit is restorative for people like you and me who decided to go into, you know, a a high drive, highly demanding career. I think that we thrive when we're learning, when we're digging, when we're thinking and investigating. So I will devote an entire podcast to the concept of focus time. In the meantime, I will say that as you work on your Healthy Mind Platter, setting aside a bigger chunk of time than we've talked about for the other six is probably going to be necessary to really achieve focus time. And that's something that Dr. Newport really delves into in the book Deep Work, giving you specific strategies for how to do that within the context of a busy career. So focus time, physical time, sleep, connecting with others or with nature, time in, which is your meditation or your mindfulness, and then of course, downtime and playtime. These seven components make up who we are as humans. They fit the needs that we have outside of the physical needs of nutrition and shelter. The needs that our brains have to be whole, to be well. So your homework this week is actually pretty simple. At least on paper, it's pretty simple. I want you to draw a shape. I want you to get these markers out that hopefully you've purchased and draw a shape with seven spaces. The spaces do not have to be all the same size. You can draw something pretty like a flower. You can draw a pie graph, whatever you want. And I want you to put this in your journal each morning 
when you do the activity that I prescribed last week, I still want you to write the three stressors, the two dreams, and the one thing that you love. And then at the end of that, I want you to draw this seven space shape. And at the end of the day, I want you to come back to your journal and I want you to look at each category of the Healthy Mind Platter and record if you achieved that category that day. When I started doing this, this concept of the Healthy Mind Platter and Dr. Siegel was introduced to me within the University of Tennessee's Veterinary Human Support Program, not so much within our curriculum, but actually as a way of providing ourselves with self-care as we work through this curriculum. And so I incorporated it into my already existing journaling practice, and I drew the shape, and I recorded what did I achieve in a given day. There are days when I only achieve two things. You know, maybe I slept well, and maybe I spent five minutes meditating that evening. That's okay. The goal is not to be perfect. The goal is not to get caught up in achievement. The goal is simply to be more aware and more mindful of these seven categories of your life and strive to incorporate them in some capacity each and every day. You may have days where you hit seven. And if you do, that's phenomenal. You may have days where you hit one or two. And that's fine because you're thinking about it and you're working toward it. And just like eating, there are going to be days where you eat pizza and there are going to be days where you have, you know, a, a very healthy meal of protein and plants and you're very proud of what you ate. No different with the Healthy Mind Platter. So get to work this week. If you are proud of your drawing and your journaling, please feel free to snap a photo of it and email it to us through the website. We would love to see what you're accomplishing. And I'm also going to ask you, now that we're up on several different platforms, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us your five-star rating if you feel that we're worth it. And leave, leave some comments. Leave a review. There will be um, more episodes this week. I'm going to post bonus episodes covering some of the topics within the Healthy Mind Platter. So stay tuned. Pay attention uh, to those popping up on your phone if you've subscribed to the podcast. And we'll see you back next time. Dr. Templeton is a licensed veterinarian in the state of North Carolina. She is not a medical doctor or mental health provider. The content of this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not substitute for medical or mental health care. The content of this show is not meant to diagnose or treat any human medical or mental health conditions, veterinary medical conditions, nor is it meant to provide legal or financial advice. At VetDevet Coaching, we take mental health and the veterinary suicide issue very seriously. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, or a mental health crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or seek emergency care locally.